Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Curtain, where we discuss real estate issues, investment real estate issues across the country and in my favorite rental market, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm joined again by Tina Tallarico of Capital City Mortgage. Tina has been in the business for 25 years and is a certified commercial lending broker. And I've done a lot of business with Tina here of late. She's done a marvelous job for a lot of my investors that are looking for lending sources to build their portfolios and add on. So today we're going to talk about interest rates. By the way, I'm Brett Bernard with EPM Real Estate. I'm an expert in investment real estate. I call myself an expert, but our producer thinks that I'm overinflating my ego. I am an expert in the Memphis investment market. So if you have any interest in the Memphis market, or if you have questions about real estate, feel free to call me directly on my cell at 901-692-7401. Welcome, Tina. Hello today. You can reach me as well at 901-826-7218. I'm a commercial loan officer, a loan consultant, and I can surely assist you in any type of residential lending that you need and other things too, but primarily I work with investors as well. Now, in our last episode, Tina, we talked about the types of loans. We, we dug a lot into the arm loan. Investors, I get requests about my opinion of arm loans. We talked about how I hated arm loans for the various reasons. But then through our discussion, I think we both realized, yeah, it's a dangerous loan for a homeowner. But for an investor, it can be an actual a great loan for producing cash flow, more cash flow, and creating more wealth through an arm loan. And we discussed the different topics. So Go back and listen to our last episode, and and you can listen about the ARM loans and the types of products and stuff that are out there. Today, I want to deal with interest rates. Literally, this time last year, interest rates were 2, 2 2.8, maybe 3. Where are they at? Prime interest rates are in the fives now. And as of June, the feds had four more rate increases planned. And one of them has hit us already in June. They're scheduled to hit us again with a 0.50 or 0.75. And in my 25 years in the business, it's just very unusual for us to see more than a 0.25 basis points in rate increase at one time. But they've been doing them very frequently and hitting the rates with a half a point and three quarters of a point at one time. So they're predicting by the end of the year, as of June, another 2% increase by the end of the year. That's going to put us where? That'll put prime lending right at seven, seven or a little over. And those people that have not been in the housing market for very long, they've been spoiled with these low rates. Um, however, I've been around when they were 14 and 15 mm-hmm. and 13. So 7% has been the norm for me. And I'm like, what's the big deal? That's That's been, we just got lucky and hit a spot there where we stayed Extremely low, historically low, for longer than I thought it would last. However, we're probably going to be somewhere around 7% is what they're predicting. I don't think anybody can predict what the rates are going to do, but I think they're going to top out 7, 7.5. I don't even know if they'll reach 8. Let's hope they don't, but if they do, it's really not going to slow anybody down. People still have to have a place to live, and investors can still make money without a doubt. They just might have to, as rates increase, just have a little bit different strategy going at it 
And as we were talking about in the last segment, maybe do an arm loan, an interest-only loan where you're paying the interest only on, on a property. Your investment's still going to grow. You're still going to have that equity grow. Without a doubt, investment properties are the way to go. I uh, talk with a lot of just your average, everyday citizen, and they tell us, you know, I really would like to get into that. Anybody can do it, especially... Yeah. We don't require tax returns. We don't require W-2s. We don't require we don't require any of that. As long as you have the credit score and some down payment money and closing costs, I mean, you can certainly purchase even a first-timer. We take new investors as well. So we're dealing with the current state of affairs in the market from an investment perspective. It's July 9th, 2022. But when you talk about interest rates at seven, I remember... When I first moved to Memphis, I was buying and flipping houses. That's how me and Glenn met and became best friends. And back then, the rate was, I think, eight, eight and a half, nine was considered a very good rate. And then Obama got elected, the rates went to zero, and then stayed there for a long time and slowly crept up to one to two. So the last 15 years, we've had the privilege of, or that's 12 years, of very low interest rates. And there are some investors that started during that time that are now freaking out saying, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. I can't, what am I going to do? But my older investors that have large portfolios, they remember the bad old days when you were paying 13, 14% and your cash flow was very slim. And they're not alarmed. They're still buying. I've done $4 million more in sales this first half of the year than I did last year. I've done three million more than I did the year before. So I'm halfway through the year and I will exceed all my previous year's records this year, probably by August. So for me, it's not slowing down. Investors are buying up as fast as they can. And I think it's because they are taking a different perspective of the process. If I buy a home and I can produce $200 a month cash flow, Eventually, that home is going to have a value of X. I paid X for it. I've got an equity position. I've got an asset that's got a value. And they'll roll those assets, like you said earlier in our last segment, 1031, and take the cash and expand the portfolio. Or refinance some, take cash, which Mario's doing now. He's refinancing, taking that cash, and buying an eight-house package. So when we get into interest rates, I really wanted to talk about it because I hear the fear in investors, but I also hear the, doesn't really matter to me. I'm fine. It's 7% big deal or it's 5%, whatever it's going to be. So I'm seeing both sides of it. My younger investors are the ones freaking out. They have their hair's on fire. They're running for the hills. You predict we may be at seven. Now that is on the residential prime side. Mm-hmm. I do commercial lending. So commercial lending is always a little bit higher in rate than owner-occupied purchase. Just earlier this year, we were in the fours, high fours, mid fours to 5% when rates were mid threes to high threes. And as rates have increased on that side, of course, we've been hit with it too. So probably less than about 30 days ago, they were a little bit better than they are now, but they haven't increased significantly. And you're right. You shouldn't be afraid to buy investment property because you know that refinance is always there. So we do a lot of refinances, a lot of cash out, rate term. We do the rate term on uh, ARM loans. If somebody has an adjustable rate mortgage and they want uh, something fixed again and they don't want to take a chance of what the market's doing right now, mm-hmm. then they'll refinance it into a either another ARM with a 5, 7, or 10-year fixed period or a 30-year fixed. We offer both. 
My assessment of it is very simple. I'm a cash flow type agent. I'm very different than a lot of other agents. A lot of other agents spend so much time with market value. I get a lot of offers or I send out offers and they come back and say, well, market value is X. I don't care. If it only produces $900 a month and the market value based on cash is $90,000 in my book. So if you want $140,000, good luck. Keep it on the market for the next six months and see what you can do. But the flip side of that is also the same. If they listed it for 90, it's worth 90, but it's producing $1,200 a month in cash flow. I will tell my investor, your all-in cost can be up to 110000 with repairs. You're still breaking the 1% mark that every investor looks for. So why does it matter? Because in five years, that house is going to be worth 120000 10 years, can be worth 160000 170. So the asset's going to grow. Rent's going to grow. So why does it matter what the market value says today? So if I wanted to buy $110,000 rental property tomorrow, one house, and I want to do a, an arm loan. I'm putting down 20%. What would be my current interest rate if I did that today? If I locked it in today, what would my rate be? You would be around a, probably a, a mid-seven to low-seven okay. interest rate. And if I were to say I'm buying 10 properties, I'm doing a million-dollar loan, would that change the power of my lending options and interest rate? It will. If you're doing a portfolio, mm-hmm. you're talking about doing sure. purchasing a, a package. Absolutely. The interest rates on those portfolios, I see most of my investors doing, they're closing those with arm loans as well because they're going to want to refinance them at some point. They may want to sell some of them off and keep the good ones. Sometimes they'll have a bad apple in there and they'll want to unload one of them. But typically investors, are, they have a change of plans. They may purchase them thinking, hey, I'm going to sit on these and rent them until they're paid off. That rarely ever happens. You have some investors that do that, but some that that don't, you know. You end up with, and I did quite a few sales this year for investors that I put out in Raleigh four years ago, and they bought $60,000, $70,000 homes, all in at 80. When the market peaked, I called a bunch of them and said, hey, if you've ever been thinking about selling and rolling that money, 1031, now's the time to do it. And I put about 10 different of those properties on, and I think the average sold for 110, 115,000. So in four years, they saw $25,000, increase in equity. I don't think that's going to happen again next year. I don't think it's going to happen the year after. The thing about Memphis, it steadily grows, but it grows at a slow pace. But at the same time, when the economy tanks, Memphis doesn't take a dive like everybody else. It just dips and then starts going back up. So it's a safe place to put your money. If you're having fun in the stock market today, you might want to consider taking some of that cash and throwing it in some real estate in Memphis. So for a commercial loan, I'm looking at 7%. And that's is that considered a good rate? It is okay. for commercial. We've seen 9 and 10% rates, and we may see that again. There's no way to predict that. But rates are running anywhere between 7 and a quarter to 8 and a half. Okay. And if you're doing a fix and rent or fix and flip, we offer those as well, where we loan 80% of the purchase of the property, and we loan 100% of the rehab cost. It's a 12-month interest-only loan. We have options where you don't make any payments while you're rehabbing it. People are usually, investors are usually in and out of there in three or four months. And I have one in particular right now that purchased a property. It was in a trust and uh, the property was just dated. It was a very big two-story, nice house. It was just, had the 70s green and gold. And so she purchased it. They had it on the market for quite a while and they could not sell it. After it sat on the market, she paid $100,000 for it. We loaned her $53,000 on that fix and flip. She also buys properties and holds them. 
She buys them and fixes them and holds and rents. But this particular one had so much equity in it that she decided to flip it. She put it on the market for two sixty and sold it for two sixty. So that was an, a little bit of an unusual deal. But you can still make a pretty good bit of profit off of a fix and flip. So basically, mm-hmm. if I find a home, they're asking one hundred grand for it. A CMA says the market value is going to one ninety. I put down twenty percent. Y'all owe me eighty thousand. I need. $60,000 to get it ready for market. Y'all will loan me 100% of the 60000 No payments or anything. Now, obviously, the loan's accruing interest through that year, so is that added back into the loan payout That's, when the house closes? That is true. However, investors usually don't hold those rehab loans that long. There has been an occasion where they do. For any reason they have to, there are extension periods that you can get as well. But typically, it's on average about four months is the time frame that they hold them. That's the the interest interest rate rate for the loan and the rehab money. The interest rate is running in the eights on those. It's running in the eights. I tell my investors, look, what are you going to have it? Less than six months, three or four months, you're not talking about a lot of interest there. So they don't let that hold them back. They're counting that interest that they're paying into their profitability. So you're right. If it's a thousand dollars and you're, you've got a mark of 50, 60 grand you're going to make on the house, it's not really a significant number. So it's a good place to go because those houses are out there that your average home buyer can't purchase and the door's wide open for mm-hmm. investors for those. So I'm going to have to come talk to you about that. I was a very big landlord at one time in New Orleans. Louisiana, where I'm from, and a real estate developer. And me and my partner had 40 homes in New Orleans. And it had gotten to the point where we were driving down at the beginning of each month with guns on our hips, going in the neighborhoods to collect our rent because we weren't getting paid. They were falling behind. And we mortgaged ourselves to the hilt because we, we were doing developments. We had tons of cash and we didn't want to use our cash. The best thing that ever happened to me was Katrina came through and wiped out every single one of them. Insurance paid out. I lost a good chunk of change, but I walked away from it. It was a nightmare. And I've heard those horror stories from a lot of investors who just buy into a property with the wrong idea. They don't understand you've got someone else living in your home. You've got someone else that's going to break stuff in your home that you're going to have to repair. You've got someone else's life who if something goes wrong in their life, you're not going to get your rent on time. But that's par for just borrowing money. And so I want to talk to you about that. I got out of it because I just was so burnt, but I think I've, my wife's been pushing me to get back into it, but I love what I do. I love being an agent. I don't have anything at risk. I'm out there pounding the payments for my investors, making money, having fun, and I just don't want the stress. My life's so good right now. <laughs> so in commercial lending, we're looking at 8 or 7% possibly today. Yes, yes, mid-7s. Fix and flips, mid-sevens. you're looking at maybe 8%. We've talked a lot about arm loans. Are there other product, fixed products out there, 15-year term loans that investors may want to get because all they want to do is buy it, lock in a rate, break it even for 15 years so it's paid off, and then keep it in their portfolio as a cash flow asset or sell it and take the money and put it somewhere else and build wealth that way. Not everybody's in for the day-to-day cash flow. I've got investors that simply want to break even. They don't care because they know the value is going to go up, rents are going to go up, and eventually that asset's going to pay cash, but they're more interested in the long-term asset itself. And that renter is paying for their home, and they're going to have those homes when they retire, and that's just that extra income they have with their retirement. They can live a little bit better. It's a pretty good deal. As far as the different types of financing, 30-year fixed is popular, and it's only been really in the last few months that we've seen the arm loans really come back. 
However, we do offer 30-year fixed rates and the ARM loans. Do you have shorter terms, like 15 mm-hmm. years? So basically pick your term, 10, 15 Yeah. And as far as the programs go, we offer financing, as I mentioned in the other segment, one to four family, one to four unit, single family homes. We lend on Airbnbs, which are short term rentals, long term rentals. We also lend on PUDs, non-warrantable condos. So if you have a condo that's not warrantable, we can do those. A lot of times you can't purchase a condo in a building that's not completed. Just a wide range of things. What about new builds? I've got a project going on right now. Builder bought 70, almost 80 lots near the Amazon Nike plant. I just wrote contracts on seven properties for two different investors of mine. And when those are completed, they're brand new rental properties. Quite nice, actually. So what they're doing is taking some of these older neighborhoods, tearing down and rebuilding new rental properties. So in that case, I think these guys are going to, they're going to have to obviously lend. So I'm wondering at what point, so you can't write the loan until that house is is finished and been permitted, cleared, and ready for market? Or can you lend, lend on pre-construction? We lend on the lot. Okay. We lend on the construction. We do it all. Okay. So I have a builder now who is purchasing two lots. He owns lots elsewhere. However, he decided to throw up a couple of houses in another subdivision, and, and we finance the lots as well as the construction. Yeah, so we do ground-up construction, the fix and flips or fix and rent, which are the rehab loans. We also offer no-doc loans bank statement loans. So if you don't want to go DSCR, now DSCR is our most popular loan. What does DSCR stand for? That's debt service coverage ratio. That means that the underwriting is based on the cash flow of the property. They take the market rent versus the monthly payment principal interest taxes and insurance and if there's a management fee in there they throw that in there and as long as it meets that debt service coverage ratio they don't have to have any type of income no proof of income we don't ask for business tax returns no personal tax returns we don't even list the income on the application wow in some of the programs we do ask for tax returns but it goes at most recent year but it's not for qualifying. It goes to a different department only to show that you are filing your tax returns. So we're going to wrap this up. My name is Brett Bernard, EPM Real Estate. I am an investment agent in Memphis. I deal with investors around the world and across the country buying and selling portfolios. With me is Tina Tallarico, who is a lending expert who can help you decipher what type of loan works best for you if you're just getting into real estate, if you're an old war dog and you've got, but you're looking at refinancing or maybe expanding. Give me a call at 901-692-7401. Give Tina a call if you have any questions about lending at... 901-826-7218. Well, I appreciate you being here, Tina. We're going to keep you for the next segment as well. Thanks a lot for listening to Behind the Curtain. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at EPMRealEstate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc.